0: Good afternoon, everyone. On the update this Thursday, is this a quid pro quo? An NYPD officer is speaking out against the use of courtesy cars by the friends and relatives of cops, accusing department leaders of maintaining a sprawling system of impunity that is fueled both reckless driving and racist traffic stops, are the latest details. The town of Manilus is now mourning the loss of Faye, a swan who was stolen from the village pond over the weekend, along with her four cygnets. Mark Channa homered and drove in all four runs to lead Cardinals Carrasco and the Mets past the slumping Phillies. And we're going to need to go to the videotape. There are media reports that Justice Department prosecutors have obtained an audio recording of the former president, from back he left office, in which he talks about holding onto a classified document related to a potential attack on Iran. This is the update, Thursday, June the 1st, 2023. From the Tommy Lynn Stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, this is the update with Brandon Julian, a three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know, because anything can happen in New York. and salutations to you all folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Thursday. Not just any Thursday, of course, a Thursday, in which we start a brand new month around here. LGBTQ Pride Month, of course. And for many of the educators out there, like myself, it's near the end of the school year. Personally, I've always believed once you get to get past spring break... It really is the final stretch to the end of the year. And look at that. We've almost made it just a couple short weeks to go. Or if you're one of those high school students, just this week and next week. (laughs) Because then Regents Week, if you're one of those people who are lucky not to have Regents, you get to have all that time off. Which is why I was always so famously lucky. I almost always had June and Regents Week off. Probably because I was that smart. (laughs) Uh, I'm Brandon Julian of course folks we appreciate you so much for being here wherever you may be and of course however you may be listening to us Uh, There is lots of news, of course, as pretty usual to catch you up on. We're going to begin this Thursday with an NYPD officer. That officer is speaking out against the use of courtesy cards by the friends and the relatives of cops, accusing the department leaders of maintaining a sprawling system of impunity that has fueled both reckless driving and racist traffic stops the laminated cards, they've long been treated of course as a perk of this job, allowing those with a connection to law enforcement to get out of a traffic stop or, other, or an other <laughs> minor infraction. But in a federal lawsuit filed in Manhattan, Officer Matthew Bianchi described a practice of selective enforcement that has become increasingly brazen, with consequences for those officers who do not follow that unwritten policy. On to of so the other news of this Thursday, and even at the age of 83, a representative for Al Pacino confirms that he and 29-year-old Nora Afala are expecting a baby. Pacino's publicist Stan Rosenfield verified the news that was first published by TMZ, but said that there would be no further statement at this time. The baby would be Pacino's fourth child. He has a 33-year-old daughter, Julie Marie, with acting coach Jan Tarrant, and 22-year-old twins Anton and Olivia with actor Beverly Beverly D'Angelo. Pacino and Alfala reportedly began dating last year. Her IMDb page says that she's a producer. Pacino's baby news follows close on the heels of longtime friend and collaborator uh, Robert De Niro's own baby news. Jonathan Hayward is going to succeed Louis Langry as the music director of Lincoln Center's Mostly Mozart Orchestra. He'll be given a new and as yet undetermined name by next summer. Founded in 1966, the Mostly Mozart Orchestra has had a reduced presence in Lincoln Center's summer programming in the last few years. Uh, Lincoln Center in 1996 cut the mostly Mozart schedule from seven weeks down to four weeks. The orchestra gave 15 performances last summer. There are 14 scheduled this summer, including 12 at the renovated David Geffen Hall. Up north in Schlory, The former limousine company manager that's been sentenced to five years, at least five years now in prison, for his role in a crash that killed 20 people in the rural part of that state of New York, Newman Hussein was convicted of manslaughter earlier this month. Prosecutors argued that he intentionally failed to maintain the brakes on on an SUV stretch limo. The vehicle spat out of control on a country road back in 2018 and hit a parked car and trees before coming to rest in a steam, stream bed. The judge yesterday sentenced Hussein to an indeterminate term of 5 to 15 years in prison. The state's parole board will determine when Hussein will be released. Uh, Hussein himself did not speak during the sentencing. U.S. Congress, they're now looking into just how quickly airline passengers can evacuate a plane during an actual emergency. Some lawmakers are ensured that modern planes can be evacuated in 90 seconds, as the federal rules require. Senator uh, Tammy Duckworth of Illinois uh, introduced the legislation yesterday to set standards for FAA tests on how quickly passengers can escape a plane during an emergency. She says that FAA tests a few years ago were unrealistic because they only use able-bodied adults under sixty, no children, no seniors, and uh, nobody with a uh, disability uh, to part in that. Little Amal, which is a 12-foot puppet of a Syrian refugee, will journey across this country this fall, visiting key places in America's history in an attempt to raise awareness about immigration and migration. The puppet of the 10-year-old girl will visit the U.S. Capitol, Boston Common, Joshua Tree National Park and the Edmund Pettus Bridge during a trek which starts in Boston on September 7th and ends on November 5th along the U.S.-Mexico border. Organizers are reaching out to community artists and leaders at each of these 35 stops to create more than 100 special events anchored by each place visited. Meanwhile, the town of Manilus of State is now mourning the loss of Faye, a swan who was stolen from the village pond over the weekend, along with her four cygnets. The cygnets, or baby swans, were recovered, but officials say that the mama swan was eaten. Three teenagers were arrested Tuesday on charges including grand larceny and criminal mischief in connection with the swan napping police say two of the suspects aged 16 and 17 were released to their parents because they're juveniles the third is 18 and is awaiting arraignment information on their attorneys was not immediately available In other news, an American sleuth and two Chinese men are now facing jurors in the first trials to come out of claims in this country that China's government has tried to harass, intimidate, and arm-twist dissidents and others abroad into returning home. The trial of Michael McMahon, Zheng Ying, and Zhu Yong opened yesterday in Brooklyn Federal Court. They're charged with being part of a scheme to hound a former Chinese city official, his wife, and their adult daughter to get the man to go back to his homeland. The defendants all maintained that they weren't aware they were doing Beijing's bidding in what's become known as Operation Fox Hunt. China has denied all the accusations of making threats to force reparations. And finally, a man who briefly worked as an aide to Representative George Santos is now told House investigators he got his job after sending a series of payments to one of the Republicans' top deputies. Derek Myers worked briefly as a legislative assistant to Santos after he was let go. After he was let go, he accused Santos of sexual harassment. Myers told staff of a House sub House subcommittee yesterday, the one he was trying to get Santos to hire him in January, he sent at least six $150 payments to Vish Burra, the Republicans' Director of Operations. Myers said he sent the money unsolicited because he believed that Burra wasn't getting paid at the time and he couldn't afford food. But he said he also hoped it might help him get a job. Burra himself uh, did not comment. (sighs) I I <sighs> Time for us to step aside momentarily. When we return on the update this Thursday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Going to talk some sports and talk about those New York Mets, uh, how they finally are uh, soon to be getting on the winning track after a season that seems to have gone so, so wrong. <laughs> and then, of course, we're going to talk together, folks, the latest national. Hit. In Washington, the House, they've approved the debt ceiling, and the Budget Cuts package, sending it now to the Senate. We are going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course. that's for the usual, that's what we do around here. <laughs> when the update of Brandon Julian returns, in just a moment. Brandon Julian. You know, for many years now, my wife's favorite holiday has been Halloween. It's started to become my favorite holiday, too, or at least one of them. And it's not because that girls out there every year, they dress up in crazy costumes and sexy costumes. If you think about it, the ladies totally do, though. You know, some people are like, I'm a witch if she was a hooker. I'm Little Miss Muppet. I'm sure you are. Hey, that almost sounded dirty, Brandon. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: Brandon Julian. Of all the newscasters in New York, I just happened to be one of them. This is The Update with Brandon Julian. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Beginning Monday, May 15th, 5 a.m. through Monday, July 3rd. There will be delays and service changes on the B, D, F, and M trains because of switch replacement work near West 4th Street, Washington Square. Uptown commutes are scheduled to take an additional two minutes. There'll be one fewer F train during the morning rush with two fewer F trains and one fewer M train during the afternoon rush. In addition, F express trains will not be running. On three weekends between Friday, May 26th and Monday, June 19th, there will be no uptown D and F trains along the 6th Avenue Line. Uptown D trains will run on the C line between West 4th Street and 145th Street. And Uptown F trains will run on the E line between West 4th Street and Jackson Heights, Roosevelt Avenue. Uptown A and C trains will run express between Canal Street and 145th Street. For skip stations use a downtown D or F train. Between 11.45 p.m. on Friday, May 13th, and 5 a.m. on Monday, May 15th, uptown D trains will run local between Broadway Lafayette Street and 4750th Street's Rockefeller Center. And for two weekends, Monday, May 20th to the 22nd, and Friday, June 30th to Monday, July 3rd. Uptown F trains will run express between Broadway Lafayette Street and 4750th Street's Rockefeller Center. Weeknight reroutes will happen between April 24th and July 14th. Work will also occur for two weeks between June 5th and June 16th. Between 9.30 p.m. and 5.00 a.m. on those nights, A and C trains will run express between 145th Street and Canal Street. D trains will operate via the A and F lines between 59th Street, Columbus Circle, and Coney Island, Stillwell Avenue. F trains will run local, between 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Coney Island, running via the N and R lines in Manhattan and via the D line in Brooklyn. Free shuttle buses will run between West 4th Street and Grand Street on the D line and between West 4th Street and East Broadway on the F line. Beginning Friday, May 12th at 11.45 p.m., the Manhattan-bound 7 train platforms at 111th Street and 82nd Street Jackson Heights will be closed 24-7 to make station upgrades. For service to these stations, take a flushing-bound 7 train and transfer, or you can use the Q32 or Q48 buses. Beginning at 10 p.m. on Sunday, February 26th until August, Jamaica center-bound J and Z trains will bypass 75th Street Elderts Lane and Woodhaven Boulevard 24-7 because of station rehabilitation work. During rush hours beginning February 27th, Skip stop service is not running from Jamaica Center-Parsons-Archer to Crescent Street. Trains will make local stops instead. For alternate service, use the Q56 bus making stops along Jamaica Avenue. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, and 3 trains and the F L&M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue is closed because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between these trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue, you still will be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.75. Transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S-79 select bus service, pay on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosk outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip for possible inspection. The fare on Express Buses is $6.75. Coins are not accepted as a payment on Express Buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. So yeah, folks, I don't know if you've kept up with your reading over the last seven weeks and such, but the New York Mets have not had a good time this season so far. I mean, the expectations for them were high. I mean, I mean, I'm not pointing it out or anything, but they had the highest K-word of anybody in the entire major leagues. So you know, there's no pressure in that, and <laughs> no pressure in that whatsoever. Meant uh, in the fills, though. The fighting Phillies, as some of them say, <laughs> playing out at city Field. Mark Marciano Homer drove in four, all four runs actually, to lead the Mets past the Phillies, four to one. Carlos Carrasco pitched six effective innings to win his second start in a row. Can also hit a two-run homer in the third and a two-run single with two outs in the fourth against the starting pitcher for the Phillies, Aaron Nola. Edmondso Sosa homered off of Carrasco for the bills. They lost their third in a row and matched the season low at five games under 500. The defending champions in the National League went 5-14 against the Mets last season and have dropped their first two meetings so far this year, mustering only one run over the past two nights. Brooks rarely struck out three and one in the third for the Mets' David Robertson got his tenth save of the year and while the Mets they were not playing um, Yankees have some good news out on the injury front uh, Aaron Boone out West in Seattle Aaron Boone said that it's definitely in play that the trio of Josh Donaldson Jim Carl Stanton Tommy Haley could return this upcoming weekend in L.A. against the Dodgers. Boone wasn't willing to definitely say, though, that the trio would rejoin the Yankees before that series, though. But the indications do look somewhat positive that the three will soon be back in the lineup. Stanton, Donaldson, and Kamey all played in a rehab game for a double-A summer set on Tuesday. Uh, Donaldson and Stanton both have been sidelined with hamstring injuries. Rizzo was out of the lineup for a third straight game with a sore neck, which should be in the starting lineup on Friday night. Now, folks, when we return on the update this uh, Thursday, in this life, it seems like you get some news from the most unexpected of places. And, uh, that happened to me. I'm pretty sure you're like, what in the world are you talking about, sir? Well, I'll tell you what. Talking about, and then we're going to talk together. Of course, the latest national news in the American West in Los Angeles. Jurors have found that that seventy-show star, Danny Masterson, guilty of two out of three counts of rape, and he could get thirty years to life in prison. We're going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more too, of course. When the update, Brand Julian returns after, of course, these messages. Brandon Julian. Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving people, it's, uh, we don't even really have a tradition for Thanksgiving. The tradition, when you think about it, is that we overeat. Honestly, it's like, hey, why don't we just make a holiday where we just eat a lot? We do that every day. Oh. Well, why do we do it with people who annoy the crap out of us? Oh, he's definitely anti-family. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. What is dedication? The thing that drives me every day as a dad is Dariana. We call him uh, Day Day for short. Every day he's hungry for something, whether it's attention, affection, knowledge. And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that. When he's no longer under my wing, that he's a good person. I think the advice I would give is you don't need to know all the answers. The craziest thing was believing that your dad knew everything. So as a dad, you felt like you had to know everything. You had to get everything right. It's okay to make mistakes. As long as it's coming from love, then, you know, it kind of starts to work itself out. I want him to be able to sit back one day and go. We worked together. We did a good job.
1: That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services
0: and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. and common sense. and common sense. Anybody know if there's any common sense left in the room? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Indeed, it is, folks. Welcome back to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Thursday, everyone. The start of LGBTQ Pride Month around here. Uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, I said before the break that it appears that in this life some strange things can happen to you at the most unexpected of times. Yesterday, for me, was one of those times. Like I said, I bet some of you wondered, Brandon, Julian, what in the hell are you talking about, sir? Well, I'll tell you what I was talking about. What I am talking about, I should say. (laughs) Uh, Yesterday, well, I should say... (laughs) No, I shouldn't say, actually. For <laughs> today's program, well, after yesterday's program, I should say, um, uh, Malcolm, who is the former program director and my former producer back at WKRB, or as I like to call it sometimes, you know, the good old days, <laughs> uh, my producer, Malcolm, reached out to me uh, because uh, apparently. Uh, at my alma mater kingsborough they were looking to hire somebody and they were thinking about someone who would be qualified for that position and strangely, they immediately thought of me when well, thinking about that position. I mean, I don't know. I guess doing a show for four years and a WKRV president for about three of them, I think that would give me good standing <laughs> if a if a position of such ever were to come up. Uh, they said that part of this would be like you know what uh, what the general manager Rob used to do, I believe is still doing. I hope he's still there. (laughs) But yes, like uploading music, running logs, conducting training. And more importantly, this show would go back from being podcast to good old radio. Although the more I think about it, I think I would probably keep doing a simulcast, both podcast and radio. You know, there are people out there that don't listen to radio. Some of them would be like, what is this new old fangled technology? That's an impression of an old person I just did, and I apologize for that. (laughs) No, but for me, this is actually a big deal because many people barely get a second chance to go back to their alma mater and do some actual some good work. So, hell, if I can get a second chance, go back to Kingsborough and maybe do some more good work... Maybe that's just how blessed I am in this life. I've already anything. I have truly though been blessed in this life. I mean a show at kings show of Kingsborough, a good a good looking wife and partner. <laughs> like some people get snake eyes in the game in the great game known as life. I just consider myself lucky. But in uh, this game of life, at least for right now, I definitely get to draw some more cards. And, uh, of course, who knows where those cards cards might take us. Personally, all I want is just a full-time job. (laughs) Is that so hard? My bosses, who are probably listening to this show right now, (laughs) all I want is to be a full-time person. Is that too hard to ask for Apparently, apparently it this I don't know, maybe I should... Maybe I should stop complaining. <laughs> uh, national news. It's next for us to round here, of course. When the update of Brain and Julian continues. From New York, based on a true story. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. What is dedication? My biggest fear in the middle of my addiction was that my kids wouldn't have a father. I overdosed on heroin and I lived. And I started thinking, you know what? This isn't my story. My desire to change had finally outweighed my desire to stay the same. I felt powerless for so much of my life. It's important to me that my kids are empowered and truly believe that if if they can think it, they can do it. I definitely had to become a better man to be a better father. For the first time, I I finally feel like I'm exactly where I should be, where I want to be.
1: (laughs) That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
0: From New York, much less than the sum of its parts this is the update with brandon julian available wherever you listen to podcasts welcome back to the update brandon julian on a thursday everyone thank you so much of course folks for still being here with us You know, let us talk together right now. Of course, uh, the latest national. We're going to begin, of course, in Washington, where where the House has approved this the debt ceiling and the budget cuts package. Sending it now to the Senate. President Biden negotiated the deal with Speaker Kevin McCarthy to avert a debt default crisis. They were to assemble a a coalition of centrist Democrats and Republicans to push it to approval over blowback from conservatives and some progressives. The U.S. was was facing a potentially disastrous default in less than a week if Congress had failed to act. Despite deep disappointment from hard-right Republicans and the budget cuts, it didn't go far enough. Uh, it was approved on a bipartisan House vote with Democrats. The Senate is expected to act quickly by the end of the week. In other news, we're going to go out to the American West in Los Angeles, where jurors have found that 70s show star, Danny Masterson, guilty of two out of three counts of rape, and he could now get up to 30 years to life in prison. The, the jury, I should say, read the verdict, reached it yesterday in an L.A. courtroom where Masterson was let out in handcuffs. It was the second trial for the 47 year old actor after a jury deadlocked in his first. Masterson has been convicted of raping two women at his home between 2001 and 2003. Prosecutors say he drugged the women so he could assault them, then uses prominence in the Church of Scientology to avoid consequences for decades. Back in Washington, there are media reports that Justice Department prosecutors, they Obtained an audio recording of the former president uh, from after he left office. In which he talks about holding on to a classified document related to a potential attack on Iran. CNN first reported that Trump suggested on the recording that he wanted to share with others information from the document, but that he knew there were limitations about his ability to declassify records after he left office. The comments on the recording made in July of 2021 at his golf club in Bedminster, New Jersey, would appear to undercut his repeated claims that he declassified the documents he took with him from the White House to Mar-a-Lago, Florida State, of course, after leaving office. Over in Salix, Iowa, in decision 2024, Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has made a four-stop blitz through the state during his first full day of presidential campaigning. He's aiming for a personal connection with voters, uh, even as he intensifies his criticism, of course, of the former president. The Florida governor's first appearance was the floor of Port Neal Welding in Salix, which is a rural town near Sioux City. DeSantis made subsequent events yesterday in Council Bluffs, Pella, and Caesar Rapids. He's packing in the early stops in the state where caucuses kick off the Republican presidential primary voting. From there he'll later head, this week, to New Hampshire, and then South Carolina. There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those, of course, when the update of Brady Julian returns in just 60 seconds.
1: Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo.
0: Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool.
1: To learn more, visit adoptuskids.org, a public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to the Update of Green and Julian on a Thursday, everyone. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, we're talking together right now, of course, the latest national news, and we're going to go back out to the West, out of Redding in California, where a judge has dismissed all the charges against Pacific Gas and Electric for its role in a 2020 fatal wildfire that destroyed hundreds of homes and killed also four people. Officials announced yesterday that the utility also reached a $50 million settlement with the Shasta County District Attorney's Office. The wind-whip blaze began, of course, on September 27th of 2020 and raged through the rugged terrain and small communities west of Redding, killing four people, burning about 200 homes, and blackening about 87 square miles of land in Shasta and Tehama counties. In other news, we're going to go to Washington, where Amazon will now pay more than $30 million to settle its alleged privacy violations involving its voice assistant Alexa and its doorbell camera Ring. The FTC voted yesterday to file charges in two separate cases that could also force the company to delete certain data collected by its popular internet connected devices. Amazon didn't immediately respond to a request for comment. In the Alexa case, the FTC said that Amazon had deceived users of its Alexa voice assistant service for years by failing to delete all children's voice transcripts that parents had requested. The FTC ordered the company to delete inactive child accounts, as well as certain voice information and geolocation data. Twitter, it may be now just worth more less than a third of, of what Elon must pay for the social media platform just seven months ago. Financial services company Fidelity has reduced the market value of its equity stake in Twitter for a third time, now putting it at just a little over $6.5 billion. That's down from the nearly $20 billion that Fidelity staked its value at in October, when the billionaire bought Twitter for $44 billion. It's unclear, though, how Fidelity came up with its valuation figures, but as a public company, it's required to provide investors with updates on its holdings. Because Twitter is a private company, information about its finances, it can't be verified. And finally, we're going to go out to the Moda City in Detroit, where the Pistons have agreed uh, have reached an agreement to hire former Suns coach, Monty Williams, according to two people who are familiar with this situation. One of the people told the AP last night that Williams agreed to a six-year contract. The people spoke on the condition of anonymity because the agreement had not been announced just yet. Phoenix, they fired Williams two-plus weeks ago, two years after reaching the NBA Finals, and a year after he won the league's Coach of the Year honors. I want you guys ponder on this as we say in the words of Walter Cronkite, that's the way it is, Thursday, June the 1st, 2023. That is the update on this Thursday. I'm Brandon Julie, and we appreciate you being here with us. And in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully, that your news, folks, it will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck, be safe, and most importantly, folks, please be well. And uh, let's get ready for the first getaway Friday of the new month of June tomorrow. Out here in the big town. See you then.